0: Hi, everybody in podcast land and also on YouTube. I'm James. I'm David. I'm Riley, and this is the Carpal Critics Movie Podcast, where today we are discussing Edgar Wright's best movie ever, according to David, and others. But Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> and uh, is that your spoiler? Alert? That's the spoiler. <laughs> alert.
1: If you knew that, yeah, that's what that means. If you've seen, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, spoiler
2: alert! It's been out for when did 10 it come years. out? 11 years, yeah. You've had time. This is my choice of
0: movie of the decade, last decade. Jeez Louise. Top three. Crazy, yeah. crazy boy. Next week, if you're part of our convoy of listeners who listen, who watch the movies ahead of time so that you can listen while we're talking in real time, whoa. Uh, next week we are doing, hold on, I have to look up the name again, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, Ooh. an animated movie from the creators of Enter the Spider-Verse.
1: Yeah, The, the Lord, Lord and Miller? Yep. Yeah. Nice. The Lord Chris Miller. The Lord Chris Miller. The
0: Lord and Savior. He it's, got his title. It's going to be amazing. So Apparently, Apparently good. it's
1: good. I'm excited. I know nothing about the plot.
0: I haven't seen the there's trailer. There's machines. And Apparently Mitchells. Apparently
2: a family, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And,
0: but nope. today it's Scott Pilgrim yeah. all day, baby. So let's get into it. David, what are you giving this movie out of 10?
2: More animated than a cartoon, more arcadey than a game. If you don't like Scott Pilgrim, I'm going to teach you about pain.
1: Is that I uh, even, I just, that, that uh, sort of rhymes. Yeah, I, don't know okay. rhyme. I give it
2: six point nine evil X's out of seven and a half, which is about a nine point two out of ten.
1: Oh man, we got My, a fan here. I brain, knew. I knew. Too late in the day to do this kind of math.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going to be fighting an uphill battle, but I'm right, and I, I start at the top. You're giving it
1: a
0: nine point two. Nine point
2: two to ten. Let's well, go. You know, Where does this go. rank
0: in your list of all time favorite movies?
2: Uh so if you if you asked me to rank it before I did this rewatch, I probably would have put it in like the top. Five. It's still in my top ten uh, and like the that scores are weird because like I recognize there's severe problems with this movie And I
0: think my feeling about it is higher than the score I'm giving it I think it's really interesting that this rewatch kind of downgraded the movie for you I wonder if that aligns with some of my personal theories mm. about this movie But before we talk about those, Riley, what did you give this movie out of ten?
1: Um, Sure, the characters leave a little to be desired But this is a romantic comedy plus insane superhero action sequences It's literally the best of both worlds, and it's the movie Edgar Wright was born to make. I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. Nice. Nice. uh, Because it's just so good. I think that, like, I had fun watching it. I can recognize the intense, intense artistry in literally every frame. Uh, And, yeah, like I said, the story is kind of like, eh, it's it's sort of lackluster, but it's, like, very anime-inspired, very video game-inspired. It's super fun. And that's what it really comes down to. At
0: okay, the we're doing day. paragraph answers now, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So this is by far your favorite Edgar Wright movie. I would say, yeah. I don't think you scored anything else higher than 100%. like Hundred percent. No, 100%. Nope.
1: I mean, I think I, we watched the other Edgar Wright movies and I knew that he had done this one and I had seen Scott Pilgrim before. I forget. I think this is my third watch maybe. And I was like, having watched this and then his older stuff, I was like annoyed by it because mm. I'm like, it should really be this. Mm. Like this is Edgar Wright to me, 100%. This is what he's born to do.
0: And so, yeah, it's a good, it's a good yeah. James? It's Kill Bill meets Napoleon Dynamite with Edgar Wright's signature editing. Uh, six out of 10.
1: Napoleon Dynamite?
0: Well, just because it's like a teen. Yeah, like a sort teen of. Movie. And when I say six out of 10, this is like, again, uh, here's a bunch of caveats. Wait, you gave it a six? I'm giving it a six. Uh, that's just my personal. Holy shnike. And that's my subjective experience of watching it. This is like, a, I can recognize this is a 10 for some people. This is a very well-made movie. Mm-hmm. It's just. I didn't care and I didn't really want to watch it because I'm not a teenager. But I did watch this movie as a teenager and I remember really, well, not a a young person, a 20 something I watched it Mm. and I remember thinking it was pretty good. I liked it quite a bit back then. And I wonder if this is what you're, what I was getting at with your rewatch thing is like you rewatch it now that you're 30 and you're like, oh, this really isn't made for me. I appreciate what they're doing, (laughs) but like, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I I, I do see it and I think like you guys kind of touched on it a little bit where. This movie is a high... It's high concept as fuck, but it's not... It's not... It uh, doesn't have as much substance... Yeah. Uh, ...as I, it could have, but I think that it makes... More than makes up for it in in so many other ways. And there is... Nothing like this that exists. I mean, there's no movie that has this crazy energy This crazy style and like it all comes together to be
0: something absolutely special Let's talk about all those special things right after this message from our sponsor Okay, Manscaped and their performance package kit. It comes with a ton of stuff including their new lawnmower Waterproof trimmer with advanced skin safe technology, which helps reduce nicks and cuts their crop preserver ball deodorant Which your partner will appreciate their weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer that looks you know That kind of hair looks good on no one and and also (laughs) their new Shears 2.0 luxury nail kit. Head to Manscape.com forward slash carpool20 today and get, you guessed it, 20% off. Plus free international Ooh. shipping. Ooh. That works for me. Plus you'll get their shed travel bag, also functional for me, and a pair of their anti-chafing <laughs> boxer briefs. And guess what, everyone? I have two legs, so I can wear those too. Wow. Oh, that's good. The, uh, you know what's weird? I always say these things that end up coming off as ableist. That's so yeah. messed up. <laughs> We're also brought to you pri- private internet access VPN. PIA helps you hide your true IP address so that you can bypass geo restrictions and censorship. You can connect up to 10 devices at once and includes an internet kill switch. I didn't think of anything. What? <laughs> if your VPN gets disconnected involuntarily, <laughs> PIA is available for Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, and even has a Chrome extension. So check it out at lmg.gg slash carpoolcritics. You cucky cook! Cuck! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what I was getting <laughs> Wait, at. Wait, does he, a- he say that? Yeah, he says that. He
2: says you cucky. You cocky cock. Oh, <laughs> and that's why they couldn't say fuck in the movie because that's like, their one swear oh. word. Because
0: <laughs> I
1: was like, they didn't have the term cuck. At no, that no, point. no, no, cocky cock. They didn't have it. I love a 100 year old word. They did, they did, but it's like <laughs> was it wasn't it? like yeah, popular. In popular. I'm music.
2: really sad we didn't get to watch the remaster of this movie because everywhere that has theaters right now is getting a 4K remaster mm. with Atmos and v- Dolby Vision, so it looks a lot better. And I. I I think that this movie not looking as great as it could was a bit of a downer for me. It
0: would have been dazzling,
2: Yeah, I'm sure.
0: It looks great in 1080p. Totally, it looks great. But yeah. the thing is, every time... HDR is one of those things where you're like, yeah, it's an okay feature. Would you buy a TV just for that? I don't know. But then if you start watching HDR and then you flick it on to just HD, it's like... Wah, wah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Brutal looking. And this
2: movie would be spectacular. Like you said, spectacular with those extra highlight pops. Specular oh. highlights, yeah, would be great. It'd be so Man, good. And here,
1: we, here the, we get to talk about this again. Since I upgraded for my laptop. I'm watching on a TV with HDR, but like I completely disagree. I don't, I don't know. It, it, it looks, looks
0: fine. Yeah. No, it totally looks good. It looks great. 1080p. Why don't you give us the synopsis of this movie?
1: Oh, okay. I can do that. Thank you. In Toronto, <laughs> 22-year-old Scott Pilgrim is dating 17-year-old Knives Chow to the disapproval of his roommate, his sister Stacy, and the other members of his band Sex Bob-omb. But then Scott meets American Amazon delivery girl Ramona Flowers after seeing her in a dream and asks her out without breaking up with Knives. When Sex bob enters a battle of the bands, Scott is attacked by Ramona's ex-boyfriend and after defeating him, learns that in order to date Ramona, he must defeat her remaining six evil exes. Scott finally breaks up with Knives, who blames Ramona and swears to win him back. Meanwhile, Scott defeats Ramona's next three exes, skateboarding actor Lucas, super-powered vegan Todd and (laughs) punk ninja Roxy, while also confronting his own ex, pop star Envy Adams. Scott defeats Ramona's fifth and sixth evil exes, the Katianagi twins, during the next Battle of the Band show, earning him an extra life. But then, Ramona appears to get back with her final evil ex, record executive Gideon Graves. Sexpamom accepts Gideon's record deal, but Scott quits the band in protest. At Gideon's venue, the Chaos Theater, Scott challenges Gideon to fight for Ramona, Earning the power of love sword. But Knives interrupts the battle by attacking Ramona, forcing Scott to reveal that he cheated on both of them. Gideon kills Scott, and Ramona visits him in limbo to reveal Gideon implanted her with a mind control chip. After wondering who he's really been fighting for, Scott uses his extra life, returns to the Chaos Theater, and challenges Gideon again, this time for himself, gaining the power of self respect sword. Scott apologizes to his band, Ramona, and Knives for being an ass. Accepts his own faults and joins forces with knives to defeat Gideon. With knives' encouragement, Scott leaves with Ramona to try again. Pretty good. I mean, like when I say it like that, I mean the first time I watched through, I'm kind of like, this is like not very satisfying. The arc. I'm like, what did these people really learn? It felt like it was really shoehorned in, but now that I'm kind of reading it, I'm like, okay, there's a structure there. There's a a journey. I
0: feel like this movie gets better and better too. Yeah. In the first like twenty minutes, I was like, nah. But by the end, it's like yeah, everything's coming together. He yeah. had that extra life before. Yeah. Now yeah. he's got the self respect. It's good. I remember
2: specifically when the first start fights kicks off, being like, "Oh, it's this kind of movie." Like having no idea that it was going to go into that territory. So when you first watched it, you had yeah, no idea. I had no idea it was going to be a crazy fight thing. I was just, like, had no no idea what the movie was. And, and then oh. the first
0: X, the first <laughs> X that he fights is the most. Like eccentric one, yeah. In a way, yeah. like the way he flips his hair around and just the way he Bill is.
1: Grim. I am Matthew Patel. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Like if he had fought the Chris, e- is it Chris Evans? Is that that yeah. actor's If he fought but Chris that's... Evans 1st they it'd been like, oh, okay, I kind of get this. Yeah. But with that Matthew Patel, yeah. my wife was like, oh, this is this is for kids, right? This is a kids movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I guess, guess so. <laughs> it's sort
1: of. I mean, yeah. there isn't really anything that's like too inappropriate. It's a teen movie. It's a teen. Yeah, movie. teen.
0: It's, a teen. it's like yeah, a yeah, John yeah. Hughes movie. Yeah.
2: I think that uh, something I really like about this movie, and is the strength of the, the comic book that it's based off, or the graphic novel it's based off of, is the variety of the exes. I think that's mm-hmm. really fun getting to meet them, and like the build up to the fights, and the fights themselves are really clever. And like some of them are really good action, but most of them, it's it's about Scott overcoming with his brain. Right. And I really enjoy every single fight.
0: So yeah, minus like one, that, <laughs> the that's... twins one's kind of a cop out.
2: Yeah, I I agree. And it, so it's a lot bigger in the comic book. And it's supposed to be bigger, but then uh, when they cast them, they couldn't speak English, so they had to cut that subplot. Oh, really? Because it's supposed to be a whole bigger thing where they, like, they're they avoiding the fight, and they kidnap Kim, and it forces yeah. the fight on on Scott and stuff. So it's like a whole other thing. But because they're taking six graphic novels that are like thick graphic novels, combining into one movie, right? they had to kind of cut corners so- somewhere. And that fight just ends up being like, eh. It's okay.
1: And the original series takes place over the course of a year, right? Yes. And this one is like a week? A couple of weeks, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, there's a ton of plot points in the books that they don't include here. But, I mean, they find a way to, like, squish in all the really cool
0: ones. Yeah. So, didn't they start sh- making this movie when only five had been released? Two.
2: two had. Two? It was, yeah, so the two had been drawn.
0: I had read one. <laughs> uh, and
2: then they started making the movie. Well, they started making it before, and then... Yeah, so the, this came out before the series was. Done. But I think when they launched the movie, the final book was just launched, oh, that's or possible. something that's like possible. that. Yeah, but the the comic book ended up taking inspiration from the movie, which is kind of interesting. The... And he was, and Brian Lee O'Malley was right. very involved in the movie. Yeah, uh, and you you can see it. Like, I think
1: he co-wrote. Like he he wrote sh- the.
2: He worked with the script. They had Edgar Wright brought in a scriptwriter to make it make it work. But, Michael uh, Bacall. Yeah, you can see that this is such a product of love on every level. There's no person in this movie that wasn't pouring their everything mm. into it. And I think that, like like you said, it's not for everyone. Like, some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. But no one can deny that people, like,
0: half-assed this movie. No, yeah. it's not half-assed. They don't, like, wade into this territory. They no. dive into dive it. In. When dive in. At the beginning, when you get those little, like, there's a lot of text-on-screen effects in this. Like, like a, a <laughs> yeah. score gets incremented or yeah, something. Yeah. And they do it the first time, you're like, oh, it's going to be one of those movies where they do that three or four times. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's literally, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that. I love
1: that. it. It's kind of I mean I mean it's it's an homage to the comic book and yeah. then it's also an homage like the the comic book has these sort of video game aspects that's an homage to
0: to video games. The way you say that word Sorry, is so om- weird. Sorry. Homage? Homage. Homage. Thank you. <laughs> homage. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: Ombro. Um, Woe. Don't make it the cocoa. <laughs> there's two levels of homages. Um uh here, and I thought yeah. that was that it, it's really cool because w- the one that we're watching the film is like like film, yeah, it in, like like film incorporates audio video, all this stuff, uh this is incorporating these other mediums into itself, totally. and it's like a it's a very dense experience
2: more yeah i yeah. I really appreciate all the video stuff, but you're saying, like, like you said, it's kind of a carryover from the comic book, but I also really appreciate how they incorporate comic book storytelling into it, where mm. like there'll be a lot of frames within a frame, like Dude, the yeah. shot of uh when Scott is like revealing that he had the, hair, the bad haircut and that's why Envy mm-hmm. broke up with him or why he thinks Envy broke up with him. And he leans against a door and it yeah. creates like a black frame for them to insert a photo. And then he switches sides and there's another black frame. So good. Or there's a lot of montages of sliding frames, which is yeah. reminiscent of comic books. They, and it's so seamless in this aesthetic of this movie. and yeah. It just
0: fits so good. Maybe this is the reason why, to Riley's point, which I totally agree with, it's like we're, we've seen enough Edgar Wright movies now. We've covered three on this podcast that... We're familiar with his editing style, mm-hmm. but it seems like it works so much better in this movie. and yes. it always worked. In all those yeah, movies, yeah. it's always been something that makes those movies better. But in this movie, it's like in its purest form, it belongs yeah. here. Yeah. Really.
1: And I, I think that, yeah, it's, it's hard because this, like you say, this format is made for Edgar Wright and vice versa. Uh, the, the way that he tr- transforms these comic panels into visual into moving visual language is is beautiful. And I think that it makes me kind of annoyed at his other movies (laughs) because I'm like, you have no reason to be adding all of this extra flair and style like other than to have extra style. And to me, I've talked about this before. I like a balance of things. I like a lot of I like a balance of like really cool aesthetics and like, you know, substance. I think that there should be a reason for things to be there if you're going to have them there. So, uh. Him, him having these kind of like crazy style stuff in the other movies bothers me, but in this one, as we say, it fits. Like the. So you you're a prisoner
0: the, to genre, is what you're saying. I'm not a prisoner to genre. <laughs> well, you appreciate it because you're saying, like, his yeah. his style, uh, if when it's in a genre of mover, you think it's permissible. That really vibes with you, but it's not even
1: necessarily the genre like I think he could make hot fuzz or whatever uh, Baby driver and if it was adapted from a comic book movie and he was using the same thing I'd be like oh, this is cool because you it's you're trying to do like a faithful adaptation not only thematically, but like Aesthetically like you're trying to make this like a living comic book. I think I I meant
0: comic book as a genre comic book adaptation as a genre which uh, I guess you well, you can argue that it's not because there's so many different genres yeah, I comic mean, book, but
1: yeah. you could have like a drama comic book horror comic like book like Mouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I I think I get what you're saying. I think there's an argument there that that's fair. Maybe I'm thinking about it too. It's just I think I'm really trying to explain this subjective feeling that I have that I watch these movies. I'm just kind of annoyed. Like it's
2: well, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Where I think the other movies the style is kind of like from the outside in in the sense that like he's taking a thing that already exists and then latching onto it and shaping it into what he wants but with scott pilgrim it feels like this 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 aesthetic comes from the inside out and is an explosion outwards yeah so it just feels like a different like place from where it's coming from
1: it's almost like it's less of a choice on his part as a creator to do the movie this way it has to be even though it clearly is a choice and because another you know another filmmaker might do this movie and just (laughs) make it like this super boring (laughs) normal whatever but like it almost seems like it's not a choice because it seems so natural given the subject matter, yeah, and, and the and the medium and the and the format and all. Yeah. So. Well,
2: it's it's so interesting because it's it's not that faithful of an adaptation of the comic books, but it, it captures the spirit in such a real mm. way. Like it's it's it, it's so far from the source material, but it gets it so right. right. That's
0: almost your ideal. Yeah. Because you can never really adapt a movie. Like if you try to do it exactly, yeah. try to be so faithful, you're gonna get a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Right. It, and ideally, you get something that expands the universe. Like they're working on Last of Us the yeah, TV show now. Yeah. And it's like, because it's a limited series, they can maybe beat for beat show everything they showed in the game. But if you're a fan of the game, why do you want to watch all that totally. again? You want kind of something, want something new. Different. So it's really a tough act yeah. to balance high wire but, thing.
1: Yeah. When you say it's not a comp- like too faithful of an adaptation, are there like specific... Inst- like There's like lots of extra
2: storylines. Like they, they have trouble paying rent and stuff. Right. Those extra characters. There's more going into Scott's past, like him and Kim, when yeah. they dated.
1: One thing that kind of bothered me was well not bothered me but I when I thought back I was, I was like when I was writing the synopsis I was like I was about to describe Scott Pilgrim and I'm like wait he's 22 years old does he have a job? I'm like what is he and in the in the comic book he works at a um, grocery store I think I can't remember something he has like some basic job did yeah, yeah.
0: he mention that in
1: this movie?
0: I don't, I don't think, think so I think he said grocery store maybe I don't know what I, I don't remember. remember yeah
1: well okay maybe it is <laughs> and everything just moves so fast in this movie yeah. if
0: it's not like spelled out for you it's like gone literally yeah. spelled out in fridge magnets <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
2: That's yeah. a good gag though, the eight sideways. That was great. Everything that's one of my hit picks. <laughs> yeah, I got a bunch of hit it. picks
0: and only one nitpick. Yeah. Well, those are for later. Well, Wait, those are for later.
2: What part is this? Uh just when uh Wallace is uh talking to him about Ramona and Ramona's not calling back, and he's like, he's like, everything sucks, and this is S U X, and he's like, or what, what sucks? Everything and he pulls an eight and puts it sideways. So it's like an infinity symbol. Uh, I, as I explained it, it's not fun.
1: I didn't even see it. I think I thought saw that the first time, but I didn't yeah. notice it this time. I want
2: to talk about the aesthetic, though. Like, I think that is the greatest strength of this movie. Mm. An aesthetic is in italics with a weird handwriting font. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> and it starts right away, too. Like, I, the alternative uh, universal logo like the eight yeah. bit t- tune intro I got is two so good. I got two
0: universal logos. Yeah, me too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I rented oh. I rented it on Google Play and it played like the traditional normal universal logo and then it played the whole song again. That's with a mistake. The it's not supposed yeah. to do that. No, it's supposed to be just the chip. Maybe
1: legally they have to have their the unaltered maybe. one.
2: Well, the version I watched didn't have it. And uh so the, that chiptune one was supposed to be a placeholder. It was just there for the test audience, but the test audience loved it, so they didn't change it anymore because it was perfect. Mm. And it was great. And one of the things I love in this movie is it's actually Toronto. There's oh, so many movies. Yeah, yeah, it's shot in Toronto. Nice. So there's so many movies that are shot in Canadian cities that it's like, that's New York. That's this. And they even make a gag about that in this movie. Like when they're shooting the Lucas Lee movie, there's the New York backdrop. Yeah. And then they rip it open. And then there's the Toronto like skyline <laughs> behind it. I just love that stuff. Why like, yeah. Why is it in Toronto? Because uh, Brian Lee O'Malley's Canadian. The guy who wrote it. Oh. So it's the comic book set in Toronto. Oh, okay. So it'd be like, you'd have to kind of pull something, an important piece out of it. And then, I mean, like, Toronto is like really built into this stuff. Like a lot of the music, the music's based off of the Toronto like post uh, post punk scene. And so, like right. when he wrote the the graphic novels, he had playlists for each graphic novel, and he gave it to the music supervisor, oh. who's a Canadian artist. I can't remember the band name, but he's like the the singer in a, from a band, a Canadian post punk band. Right. And like every like every so they what they did in this movie for the music is they got. Different artists to be the different bands. Like Beck is Sex Bomb. yeah.
1: Uh,
0: so he, he wrote, wrote the music like, for that. Yeah.
2: Metric is Clash of Head. Broken oh. Social System is the Clash of the Boys. Sh-
0: broken Social Scene.
2: So, bro- broken Social Scene. And I think that does a really good job because each band has kind of a different feel. But I think the music is incredible in this w- movie. What's
0: the song that Brie Larson performs when she's singing? Black Sheep. Is that was that a song made for the movie? Yes,
2: but they they perform it. That's so my song. my girlfriend
0: saw Metric
2: live, and they they they. Well, so Metric wrote the song. Yes. Yeah. So that makes sense. I'm like, yes. this is catchy. Yeah. yeah. And, and then favorite favorite Bree Larson's actually singing it. She's singing the one in the movie, but they didn't release it until this year, that version. They cause like Metric sings it. So the version on the uh, the soundtrack was the Metric sung version. Oh. But now they've released the Bree Larson version. That's funny, which everyone wanted because they like it. apparently
1: apparently Bree Larson was a singer, like a singer songwriter before yeah. she got big as an actress. Yeah. She's pretty dang
2: good. It's she's a trying sick to... song, and the, how it is the lead-up to the fight when it's all the, like, the fast cuts between
0: the faces of everyone giving each other glares yeah. is oh, so perfect. That is good. I didn't even... I knew she was in this movie. Like, I read that, and then I watched the movie, and I didn't even place her. Yeah. She looks so different. So, many... so young, And then I just looked up, she's the same age as me. My am like, <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. I hate when you find out someone's successful the same age as you, and you're like, what have I done in my well, life? Yeah, God, Dude, for like
1: 30... <laughs> I know, <laughs> like all these big actors, are really get big when they're well, like early twenties. Well, yeah.
0: Like, there's that Neil Young song, uh, "Old Man." In one of the verses, he says 24, and there's so much <laughs> more. Like, he wrote that when he was 24, <laughs> and then ugh, now, I've, if I play it now, when I played it when I was 24, I was like sweet. I mean, James, if I play it now. I'm like, ah, oh, 34, 34. Now I'm the old man. I mean, James,
1: you're working for a giant YouTube conglomerate. Hey, uh, you know, oh, it's all
0: right. Uh, pretty relative. good. David, yeah, Br- Br- you said that Brie Larson was your hall pass. She's my hall pass, even if she has the Endgame haircut. Yeah. Yeah, be that would take on is a respectful date. <laughs> Jeez, though, I need that? her to teach me how to respect people better. Same part of the booth? <clears throat> what? Same side of the booth or
2: opposite? Uh, whatever set. she feels comfortable with. What are we talking? What do you? About? What would I'm be so your anxious. ideal? Well, I mean, I want things to go well. Same, same side of the booth. Same side. Of the I'm method. lost in the metaphor. See, I, don't I don't know, know
0: right. if the, it's not a metaphor. I actually just don't know. Do you think that's more intimate because there's more eye contact and stuff if you're across?
2: It depends on the shape of the booth. Anyway, hard <laughs> booth. What booth is this?
0: He wants some four-dimensional booth where you can simultaneously be beside them and look into their eyes. You don't experience life in five dimensions? Is that okay. just me? I'm just... Where did the booth come in? Where, what Do you booth? know what a
2: hall pass is?
0: Yeah. It, it means he, he would be allowed to go on a date with her regardless in, of his current relationship. In a booth? No. You've been to a restaurant.
1: <laughs> okay, we're talking about a restaurant. I didn't miss that.
2: I missed that part. I, I want to give a shout out to... This the a phone booth? What is I, it? Just finishing off on the music of this movie that uh-huh. uh, all the actors learned... To play their instruments, yeah. So like, Him and Steven Stills all learned to play their instruments, and Michael Cera actually played the bass, right? And I, he, apparently he was really good, and they had to tone him down so that he was less yeah, less good. This
1: is what I don't <laughs> right, understand. It
0: makes sense that they're playing a shitty genre of music. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, I guess when they're filming, what they're actually inspired like, on. You punk? don't
0: like garage <laughs> garage rock? I had a phase. I like garage rock. I think it's fun. I
1: think, I think that I, I, I wouldn't listen to garage rock really now, but like hearing stuff in this movie, I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I can fits. get back into this. Yeah,
0: just like the movie. It's like, if I was in high school,
2: I might like this. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. It's, that's fair. And I mean, like, that was a genre that came really quick and died very quick. Mm. Like 2007 to 20, 2010. Like, I love the hives back then. I fucking love them. But now I'm like, I like this.
1: <laughs> yeah, very, yeah, very little of this stuff is this type of music is yeah, being played now. it died now. very quick interesting
2: it's one of yeah it's one of those things i i love the the title shot of this movie when it's the band playing and they're playing kind of like the main song that they'll play uh and it pulls out and it keeps pulling out and keeps pulling out and keeps pulling out and the room is like yeah feet long. that was the first shot where i was like
0: oh yeah this movie's
2: cool yeah it's yeah. so cool <laughs> that,
1: that intro like um as it going through the credits and stuff it I feel like it's really long, but I wasn't annoyed no. by how long it was because it's so high energy yeah. and the music is so fun. Totally.
2: Do you know who suggested putting that title sequence in? Tarantino. He watched like the, the movie. Really? And he's like, "We need like a, you need a title sequence."
0: This guy loves title sequences. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and apparently in the movie, I missed it, but apparently there's a foot shot that was put in
0: for Tarantino. Uh, ha, ha. <laughs> I was gonna say earlier that I bet Edgar Wright is a Tarantino fan. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think the influence is there. Obviously, they're so different, mm-hmm. but I think the influence is there. Well, sure.
1: While we're still on the music, um, <laughs> the, the, as long as you say that, we're on the
0: music. Yeah, it's true.
1: <laughs> well, we were still there. We were yeah. there. Right, um, the Clash of Demon Hens song is my favorite of the oh, movie. It's so but good. But it's like strangely, I think my my second favorite song is the one made by the done by the band before oh, Sex like the Bom the and Bomb in the first one, where he's just like the song is called "I Am So Very Sad" or something, oh, and it's so like <gasps> so
2: sad. <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love then the second song when it cuts to Steven, like the, the sex ball bombs in the backstage and he's like freaking out, but you can't really hear them because the song's playing. Yeah. And he's like really freaking out. And the subtitles are there. Something about it is so funny. To That's movie. the lead singer of the band. Yeah. Like Steven Stills. Out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think this movie is hilarious. I don't know if you guys oh, laugh. So I laugh so much really hard in this movie. I laughed quite a few times. Yeah. I
1: think that it hits you so hard with the stylistic elements so super early on. It took me a little bit to get into the swing of it, but mm-hmm. then I think I remember around like the third mark, the third, the third of the, way, of the way through, I was like, then I started laughing out loud. Yeah, because then I think you've you're kind of warmed up to the whole idea of it.
0: Oh uh, yeah, there's lots of good gags too, and in Edgar Wright fashion, they kind of build on each other. I really like the gag of uh, the bed that they sh- they share. Oh yeah, and they like, keep coming <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it's like oh. The guy that she was dating before is in the bed and his yeah. roommate's in the bed and then yeah. he's in the bed. That was great. Only <laughs> well,
2: they, they evolve the joke too because the first time it's Scott, Wallace, then a th- the boyfriend. Yeah. But then they do it once where it's Scott, a partner, then Wallace, then a fourth. Yeah, So it's like yeah. your, your expectations are kind of like played he's with a, punch a bit. it's a punchline. Yeah, I think, yeah, the humor is so good. I, I think even like the bar when they're playing Sex Bomb versus Clash, or not Clash with Demon Head, but uh, Cl- Clash on the boys. Yeah. There's like so many jokes that are in there. Like the moment of the glances when they're all like What's going on? Like Knife shows up in a <laughs> and They're like, there, there. And then uh, Wallace looks at uh, Stacy's yeah. boyfriend. Love it. Uh, How did you meet Scott? And Scott looks up and he's like, oh, no, it is a nightmare with like the music cue. Yeah. yeah, Kills me. And then when the, the other drummer stares at Kim, can't, can't handle it. It kills <laughs> me. <She doesn't laughs> they have a girl each other. drummer. Yeah, <laughs> each
1: other. Every, every drummer in this, in this movie is That's a girl. The, yeah. It's interesting. Kim's
2: kind of lackluster. She's I am, um, a way bigger character in the comic book, and here yeah. she just kind of serves her purpose. It's actually
0: the delivery that I didn't like. Oh, okay. I felt like maybe when this movie came out, it would have been good. But her first delivery of the line, I was like, "Oh, she's one of those characters, uh, like, just kind of a caricature." But I yeah. think
1: I, I, I don't know. I like her. I, I loved her character. This. I think the one thing that's missing for me, I think, is is the fact that like, okay, we know that we know that her and Scott dated, but we really. There's so this is this is if are we get into criticisms or if this is my main criticism. Sure, yeah. Is I just don't understand who these characters are and th- like a lot of them have have characteristics that I don't that don't seem to make sense with well, it. Like well, he's supposed to be a lady killer, so to, but, and yet he's Michael yeah. Sir. So to bring it back to the Kim thing, I'm like, <laughs> who is she? But, is she's like rude and stuff? And so is I can understand why they broke up, but she's like mad at him. So
0: I uh, she uh, sufficiently conveys that she the kind of has been damaged by him in the yeah. past. Mm. Like I, I don't fault her for that. The way she's yeah. it's almost like damn, she had this really bad experience in high school. Yeah. And now it's kind of shaped who she is. And yeah. since Scott's the pro- protagonist and a big part of the story is how he's just an asshole to people. Yeah. Right. Well I like it I like sense. how the,
2: the movie kind of plays it off because the first time I watched it I didn't realize how big of an asshole he is. And the more I watch it, I'm like, wow, he really is a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh and like I think Kim goes to serve to show that really well. And I love like when he's walking through the party with Ramona, he's like, me and Kim are totally cool. And she's like glaring at him. Yeah. And yeah. I think the payoff at the end, which is kind of I think the end point of our arc, uh, which is the second time he's in the chaos theater. And, and the first time she's like, uh, we're here, we're sex bomb and we're here to sell out and make money. But the second time she's like, we're sex before we here, we're here to watch Scott Pilgrim kick you some ass. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And they fucking it's so hype. Yeah, and I yeah. felt like that emotional payoff was enough for me for like the little bit she's in the movie for it to feel worth it. What do you mean? Do you mean that she forgives him in that moment? Yeah, because he's yeah. willing to apologize and like I cause I think like the real thing is that he never apologized to her. He pretended like it was all good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um and I think that's like there is some dimensionality to how this movie is handling relationships and breakups, and, like, that's kind of one dimension of it's how it's trying to approach it. I don't think it goes super in-depth, but I think it tries to approach it from multiple directions.
1: I, I, Yeah, I mean, Scott Pilgrim as a character is lacking emotional intelligence. He's yes. lacking emotional maturity, and I think that it kind of bothered me because that's not really identified explicitly until, like, the very end of the movie, and so I watched a lot of this movie kind of thinking that I'm... Sp- because he's the hero, right? And a lot of the times in a movie, you want the hero to be endearing. and the movie is trying to endear you to the hero, but he is just he's nothing but an, an ass. Yeah. the entire movie <laughs> and 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 we only really want him to succeed or like like him because yeah. he's the main character and we're following his journey totally. uh, and, and but I think that's
2: the point the movie's trying to make is that like mm, just because you're you think you're the main protagonist in your story, doesn't mean you should go around hurting people, right? Like you have to be in control of what you're doing. Because, I think you can take that away, yeah. I think just as like a,
1: an experiential thing as like going on a ride you it's really not identified for you that That's this fair. is a problematic thing and everyone agrees that it's problematic until the very end although in I hindsight you're like okay is uh, Kim calls him an idiot uh, his sister calls him an idiot Dan leaves him um what's the, what's her, Aubrey Plaza's character calls Julie, him an idiot yeah, yeah. and so she like they're her. all calling him that but like at the same time I feel like we're also used to well, these are all female characters calling a guy an idiot, and I feel like we're used to that happening. Maybe sometimes, but he's also
0: like a bumbling loser, mm. like, and he's like he's got that Michael Sarah like no confidence thing going on. Yeah,
1: it could just be that he's actually a decent person, and his, but his, he just like isn't
0: very good. But he's, at stuff. no, we know he's not though, because the whole all his friends in the band are like, "You're dating this high school, like you're too yeah, old hate for him. her." Yeah.
2: And they show that he's, like, a careless prick a lot of the time. Like He's, like, when Knives comes to their house at the band practice, he's, like, I'll take your coat. Takes it, drops it on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, at the thrift store, there's a sign that says, like, do not sit,
0: and he's sitting on the yeah, chair. Like he just, yeah, like, yeah. is a careless loser. Or when, loser. when uh, the girl that he likes, Ramona changes her hair color, and then he's, like, miffed. Yeah. And right. that's, like, an attack on him because it... It had nothing to do with him. So maybe he, he, he can't control that. And he's so insecure that that like, shakes him.
1: Maybe I should modify what I'm saying then. It's not, it's not that it's not clear. It's that it's annoying <laughs> that he is as well, much of an ass Well, And we're still endeared yeah. to him because he's yeah. a protagonist. Yeah. We should, right.
0: Like We identify with characters who are vulnerable, and we see that he is self-conscious about his hair. Mm. And so we're like, okay, he's not a perfect person, so yeah. I relate to him a little bit. But yeah. they have that at the same time that he's shown as a piece of shit.
1: That's what it is. It's the cognitive dissonance. There you go. It's 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 uh, it's uh, instigated in me as a viewer because I'm like, I know that I want you to succeed and I'm following your journey but at the same time I you're hate you. You're such an asshole. Truths knives I'm, I'm, so badly. I'm irritated. Well, you yeah. have knives better. That's yeah.
0: the relationship with every protagonist in a sense, right? They always have things that need fixing but they always have something about them that you're going to Stick around and watch. Right, but then, often,
1: often the things that need fixing aren't so annoying.
0: <laughs> sure. Like, I'm like, I would hate you in real yeah. life.
2: I think it's so interesting because Michael Sarah was always Edgar Wright's first choice. Like, oh yeah. Uh, he because he got hired to direct this movie many many years before they made it, uh, and he watched Arrested Development and saw Michael Sarah and was like, that's Scott. And I'm mm-hmm. like, really? Because like yeah. in the comic, Scott's like, yeah, you cool lady killer. And Is Michael he cool? Sarah, yeah, he's supposed to be like pretty cool. He's,
1: See, this is the thing. It's a, it's it's confusing to me as like from a yeah. meta perspective. We know Michael Sarah as this guy who's like he's a shy he's,
2: loser. Yeah, and
1: he's like a a good
2: person, yeah. but he's just a shy but loser. Here, here's why I like it: is that and like we're kind of criticizing it, and maybe it's just like approaching the same conclusion from different directions. I think it really plays with audience ex, audience expectations, and you're so forgiving of his assholeness mm. because he's Michael Sarah. You're like, oh, it's just like he's awkward in this, but it's like no. If you watch the movie, he's like full through and through an asshole, but because he's Michael Sarah, you're forgiving of it for a yeah. way longer than you That's would be with anyone big, else. Yeah, like what it, yeah. if it was Chris
0: Evans the whole time? Yeah, you'd be like
2: what a what a dick. If he was just like some yeah, handsome dude, you'd be like ah, oh, what a cocky cock. Yeah. <laughs> I think that and adds he beats to the up Michael Cera as a yeah. second ex. It, it also adds
1: to the comedy of like seeing Michael Sarah do all these like superhero like fight moves and punches totally. and stuff and like leaping but in they, the air. But
2: they they convince me that he's fighting like you yeah. they do a really good job of blending cg and the stunt people and like cutting between it that like there's enough of michael Sarah doing the fighting that i'm like yeah michael sar like a superhero 100% yeah although, i was really convinced
1: although it's also something that bothers me <laughs> cuz i'm like wh- this is another characteristic of his character that doesn't make any sense to me he's a he's a shy loser or he's he's like a a dorky loser but he's a lady killer and he goes through ladies like crazy and he's also a really really good fighter
2: then we're, getting into, we're getting into the metaphor of the movie with the fighting. Because, like, the fighting is, like, Obviously, clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, like, it's yeah. like the analogy of the movie. Of, right. like, being willing to fight for your ex, or for your, your new partner yeah. working through their dating history. And it's, I,
0: I, I love it. I think it's such a fun concept. Well, I, I also think it's kind of, like, a little boy concept. Mm. It's kind of, like, wouldn't it be cool if instead of, like, growing emotionally, you could just punch your way to love? Mm. Well,
2: it, it all comes from the idea when he started dating, I think, his current wife, Brian Lee O'Malley, uh, found out that she had dated three different Matthews, and so he <laughs> started the story of the League of Matthews, oh, that's and then great. it evolved into the League of Evil X's. That's pretty cool. Um, and the only Matthew is Matthew Patel, but yeah, I think I, I I agree. It's kind of like a simple concept, and I think it works. And like, it's when a good I, premise, though. Totally, it's a great. It's premise. a log yeah. line. Yeah, and I, it's it's fucking fun. In the
1: comic book, I know that there is more kind of like, because we watch this movie, and it's sort of a question the whole time of like whether what we're seeing in terms of these supernatural elements are actually occurring in this universe or whether it's sort of like a, a metaphor for mm-hmm. like the emotional states of what's going on, and blah, 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 like they're not actually fighting, they're just kind of like yeah, intention. But in the, in the comic book, it's very, very clear yeah. that and, this is like a superhero, supernatural, magical, whatever world. The, uh, Ramona very explicitly goes through subspace at certain times, it's like a major plot point. And in this one, we get like a reference to subspace. subspace. Like, he has the dream about her because she's like, oh, there's just a subspace highway that goes right like, yeah, through your head.
2: You could interpret it as like a weird thing she says, like a jokey. Yeah. Thing, but you know it. Yeah. yeah. But
1: like, clearly by the end of the movie, okay.
2: They're, yeah, they're fighting. It, it is, it's not a metaphor. No. We know
1: that it's explicit. But I, I, um, going back to the thing about like the fighting not making sense, I'm like, hey, if this is an emotional thing, it totally makes sense. But if it's like, an actual in-universe mechanic of, like, these people have superpowers and they're fighting. It's like, why is he a really good fighter? Out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, you
0: don't don't know that it's him alone. It could be the case that in this universe, literally everyone we see on the screen could be in a crazy fight like that, and it's just that he's the one who has a conflict right now. Like, you and I could go and get in bar fights any day of the week, but we don't. So maybe it's just, like, his roommate can fight like that, Maybe. and his dad can fight like that, and everybody com, yeah, can, and, and the but comics, they just like, don't. No one well, but surprised... he defeats
1: everybody. He defeats all the exes.
2: Well, I Yeah, because mean... he's the protagonist. But it, in the comic, it's no one's surprised that he can do this. They've, they've seen him fight, everyone fights, like, it's like a superhero oh, world.
1: in the comic, but, yeah. they're like, Scott's it, a good I fighter. I think that's
2: something they fumbled up a little bit here, is the surprise when mm. he fights back, uh, that they make a big deal of it, because it's like, no, it's supposed to be like, that's just normal, Is everyone fights. Like mm. he's just a great
0: fighter. Well, that surprised but is like he does like a huge uppercut on the first on Matthew like right yeah. away when he's attacked.
2: Matthew, I, he I love it. I think it's a great moment. He, when he, he counters.
0: Yeah, he like blocks.
2: Reversal. Boom. I freaking love it. Yeah, it's a good moment. Yeah, I love. And when uh, Wallace is like,
1: boy, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I
2: love it. Ugh.
1: Also, Wallace is Kieran Culkin,
2: Culkin is Macaulay perfect. Culkin's brother. He is so perfect for this role. He's so I love
0: good. him so much. And I'm like, I why didn't? When you look at him, you're like, am I looking at a deep fake? What the hell is wrong? <laughs> Something's just not right in your brain. Yeah. I'm like, is that Daniel Radcliffe? Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's someone I know.
1: So like, I guess I'm looking at his IMDb and he's been in stuff somewhat regularly. But like, man, I'm, I'm like, I really like him in this movie. And I'm wondering why he hasn't been in more stuff. It's annoying. He was great. Yeah, yeah he was great.
2: Yeah. Um, hey, go, I think, f- oh, go ahead. Here I think my biggest problem in terms of characters is actually Ramona. Yes. I think that she's. They they do a lot to define her quirks and her fun and stuff, but I don't buy her... I don't buy at first that she would date Scott. Them. Yes! No! Thank you, please. <laughs> let's no. let's, let's well here for a yeah, second because yeah, yeah. that
0: actually makes me so angry. It's like, he he gave this speech when he's around Knives who he's totally chill around. Yeah. He talks about how Pac-Man. Pac-Man's origin story or whatever. Th- so we know how that's supposed to go. And then he delivers it again to Ramona and he, f- he flubs Photoshop. it so, so expertly. He sucks so bad, and yet she still agrees to go on a date with him, yeah. which right away I'm like, nope. nope. Yeah. Well, and it's when he's super weird at the Amazon delivery, too. Like, it's just been awkward. He's like,
2: <laughs> you were in my dream. Like, I don't know. It's just so uncomfortable. So brutal weird. that.
0: I guess she's supposed to be, like, super damaged and just, like, wants a boyfriend for reasons. Well, she's
2: just, like, such the, she's, like, the epitome of Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah, I... I, And I'm sure that's how he came up with her, was, like, okay, Manic Pixie Dream Girl, I'll make a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. He's got Suicide Girls wallpapers on his PC. I
1: do appreciate how Scott and Ramona are kind of, like, they're not foils, per se, but they kind of have, like, some parallels there where they have both gone through this, like, sequential list of ex-people, and they're... Trying to deal with like unresolved trauma, or not trauma, but like unresolved yeah. shittiness on their own part and other people's. Um and Scott is trying to do that by actively dating someone else who's gonna take his mind off this, and Ramona's trying to deal with it by escaping away from where she was and coming to Toronto mm-hmm. or whatever and doing, you know, and, and I think that Scott represents sort of a, like another escape where She's just going about her life. And then this guy's like, hey, you want to go on a date? And she's like, this is something new that is not something I've done. I'm just trying to get away from my past. Yeah. Okay, fine.
0: Okay, fine. Yeah. Let's almost have sex. <laughs> like, okay, what? Not only did I not believe that you guys are going to go on a date, but now I super don't believe that yeah. you like, almost get down on that date. It's definitely yeah.
1: weird. Although it's sort of saved by her being like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, okay. So she's just like fickle. She just like yeah. goes with her feelings in any moment. Like, yeah. I feel like it now. I don't feel like it later. It's
2: so, it's so funny that in a movie with like hipster demon chicks. The romance is the least believable thing. Yeah, it truly it really is, man.
0: They just don't have any chemistry together. No, and it really matters because I, I think it, it throws into jeopardy the stakes of the movie because the whole movie mm. is like the pursuit of this girl. Yeah. But it's like why are you even pursuing her because you guys don't even like get along especially well.
2: That
1: is a that well, is a big thing. And that I think Buck I think they could sure.
2: have gotten there and made a good point about it all. How like like you said, Scott's kind of escaping his pain by like trying to win a new woman. Yeah. Uh, And they could have got there. But I think the ending really fucks it up by making him and Ramona kind of end up together. Mm. I think in the comic book, there's a whole period where he goes depressed and is by himself. And is like doing soul searching before uh, the end-to-end happens where he gets back with with Ramona or Knives. I can't even remember what what it ends up with.
1: I think he ends up with Ramona in the book. Yeah,
2: but the, the movie ending is so like, unfinished? Okay, before we get it's to so that... It's so quick. All of,
1: yeah. the, all of the character development and learning happens, like, in, like, two minutes. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: wait. The, you're talking about the ending, ending when he's talking to Ramona. And they, yeah, like, and eyes. Okay, so, and, before we get to that, okay, though, yeah. let's talk about the swords. So he oh, gets, love gets The two swords, one's love and one's self-respect, yeah. right? So, my question is, are those... Given what uh, we've been shown is, like, his faults at the beginning of the movie, are those the answers? Like, is self-respect the thing that he needs to not be a douche to people. At first I kinda of thought no. At first I thought he needs to respect other people. But then I I thought about it for a bit and I was like, actually I think this is true. Yeah. I
2: think this is true. I buy it. I think it's such a good reversal because like the movie trope is like the power of level defeat anything. But uh, I, yeah, I think that self respect he, he doesn't
0: really he doesn't really respect himself. It's like, like an early like for gotta love myself before. personally, yeah. I wasn't I was a bigger douchebag than Scott throughout college and mm. And it wasn't until I was like, I don't know, 22, 24, that I kind of like knew who I was. Mm. And until then, it just was so annoying. It's true. Until you know (laughs) yourself, you can't treat others properly.
2: Like you have to love yourself. And respect yourself before you can not be constantly harming others because you're just so unsure of your place. Yeah, and you need constant gratification, which is such an unhealthy place. It kind of
1: it kind of bothers me that it is. Well, okay, so it didn't really bother me that much when I was watching the movie, but after learning about what the book does differently in that scene, I I now I think the book did it way better. Where um in the book, Ramona and Scott both get swords after like dealing with their shit. Ramona has her own like journey, and I think that that's like she comes to an understanding in this one but it's it's a lot it's very much secondary to scott and i think in the book she comes to she goes on her own journey she gets the uh power of love because she learns to love herself and like um come to come to grips with the, like her, her her past scott gets the power of understanding which i think mm. is like a bit more um nuanced nuanced than like self-respect because I, like you can you can respect yourself to an unhealthy degree, but like understanding just means that you like are no longer ignorant. You're no longer running. You're like, okay, I get what's going on. I accept this. Uh, yeah. So, and I, and I also really like the idea of them both having swords. Yeah. And they're like both kind of going for it. Yeah. Because they they are very very similar in this movie, but like Ramona is in many ways relegated to this like passive object instead yeah. of being an, a fellow character. Yeah. If they
0: both get swords, then it's it really is spelled out. They both are now equipped. For the world right yeah. and so if they both get swords and then they have a moment a tender moment together at the end but ultimately part ways because that's what's best for both of them yeah that would be satisfying i'd be satisfied even though they're not together
2: right i think it is a, a good moment in the movie though it could be better but it, when he pulls out the second sword and you're like oh this is good and like the numbers are higher and it's yeah. got a better animation and then he fights one one hits gideon you're like yeah this is pretty <laughs> sick. that's
0: awesome but what happens when he talks to ramona in the street what do you mean in, the, in movie? the movie? Yeah, yeah, in the movie. Uh, she I originally think... she walks away, right? Yeah, yeah, and then he goes
2: and I think her they're again. not like together together, but they're like we're gonna give it a shot kind of thing, and like they're gonna go through the door and see what happens. You're talking about the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes,
1: yeah. that's what happens. I mean, she walks away because she's like, "No, I'm too damaged. Like yeah. even after all this, like you know, we're just gonna hurt each other. So let's just not." And knives is like, "What are you doing? Go after her." Because she has also come to terms with the fact that, like, this relationship's unhealthy and she's not meant to
2: be with Scott. because
0: yeah, Knives says, I'm too cool for you. I like but, that line. It's, it's like yeah. a joke, it's, but, it's, yeah. but yeah.
2: yeah. I think but the, that's good, though. For, in yeah. my opinion, based on what's happened in the movie, the, the proper answer that Scott should have done is gone away and been single for a year. <laughs> like, mm. He shouldn't be dating anybody. I like the idea that... He has to have, like, a romance at the end. They should have got Scott with his roommate. Then he didn't have to move either. Oh, Wallace? Yeah, sure. I like the idea. No, I mean, Wallace is too good for Scott. It's, it's
1: way more satisfying to have him get together with Ramona at the end. For so sure. it's like you kind of have to have that in like this movie that's meant for wide audiences and stuff. But I completely agree with you that it, it sounds like in the book he had more of a period where he was by himself and he was wrestling with his own faults. And it was more of a journey to come to that place instead of. I'm fighting for, I'm fighting for Ramona. We, like two people have to fight to win a human being. Yeah. And then he dies. And then while he's dead, he's like, wait, <laughs> Yeah, it comes back immediately. And within the space of like two minutes, it's yeah. like, here's well, the lesson of the movie. And and for
2: both all his lost moments of the movie, which is that. And then like when Gideon's kind of got Ramona back under his thumb, uh, it's, it's the power of love that drives him forward. It's the like oh wow, Ramona is under his like is has this chip that's controlling her, like I need to fight for her, or like like Wallace giving him a pep top about love, and it kind of is confused, I think, a little bit with like the the sword pulling out where yeah. it is love that powers him to finally win, even though the movie's trying to be like, oh, it's you need more than love, yeah, but.
1: i I think I agree with you, James, that the from a thematic perspective, this is great for teenagers where it's like. They need to learn these really basic lessons of, hey, you can't let other people define you, and you can't uh, seek these like l- seek uh, comfort in other people your entire life. You have to be like hel- comfortable with yourself and stuff, and that's like really a, a, a developmental lesson to learn. But it's definitely less of like a mature, nuanced uh, like it. If if it was it was if it was meant for older audiences, I think the lesson would be a little bit more nuanced and mature, and maybe we would get Scott, you know. Ending up by himself because that's what he really needs. But I mean, of- it would be a
2: completely different movie because this movie is about young twenty-year-olds yeah. who are struggling to make ends meet yeah. and want to be bands. And it's right. like it's a movie for a specific age group. And like we're too old now. We're boomers. Yeah. We don't get it. What do you guys? We're boomers now. Yeah, you age <laughs> into being a boomer.
0: What do you think of the microchip on the neck thing? So dumb. Yeah. So dumb. It's kind of hand wavy. It kind of it, means it's like different in the book. I'll, I'll she wouldn't. Like the only reason, like she's literally under his spell. Yeah, they're removing. She she wouldn't make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think It would have been more nuanced again to show her plant the chip on herself. Oh, that'd be because then it shows like yeah, she she is under his influence, but that's like a form of self harm. Yeah, and that's a mental. Cycle that people can get into, or they know they're with an abuser, but they think they uh, deserve it. And
2: I think they try and get there with when she explains how they started dating, and she's like, "Oh, like I loved him, but he didn't care about me, and that's what made it me so crazy about him." But yeah, I think you're right. If they give her a little bit more agency
0: with choosing to have the chip on her neck, another thing that's cool is when she on their first date when they're about to get it on, and then she pulls the plug on that. She's kind of doing the same thing Gideon did to her, not explicitly, but she was into him. And then he didn't care. and that So now that's a tactic in her repertoire. And she's using that against Scott. Mm.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that's that's intentional.
0: Because people definitely do that.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I think, like, the movie is playing with that dimension a little bit. Like, the way that Scott and Ramona's relationship, uh, like you said, they mirror each other. And it it gives dimensionality. I think, like, when Envy is brought into the picture and there's kind of, like, a weird thing with Todd. I think that's more interesting. And I think, like, there's a lot of... Yeah, I don't know, like the nuances between how these relationships are and like how they work together to me is like interesting about like how you're constantly trying to compare yourself to their exes, but you can't beat them at what they're good at. You have to kind of find your own thing. I don't know.
0: Yeah, in terms of the question of are is this actually happening or yeah. is this just like an emotional maturity, like mental battle that you go through in your own mind, it kind of if it's going to be the latter, it's kind of that experience of going to a party where your ex is there and oh. their new partner is there. Yeah. And you have to like like your monkey brain is like, "Oh, I'm just like not going to talk to this person, I'm going to avoid them." But then when you get older, it, the goal is for that person to be your best friend at the end of them yeah. in a way like if if not to force that, but yeah. if you actually would get along with them, then there should be no barrier to getting along with them. Yeah. You should actually just treat them like a totally like like any other stranger yeah. at the party, right yeah
1: mm. yeah, I think so there's no microchip in the in the book, but uh, Gideon has. Memory manipulation abilities, so okay. he manipulates people's memories so that they kind of
2: like end up doing what he wants. Well, I think that they, gets, they they talk a little bit about that last because that because he he's clearly a gaslighting manipulator, right? Even in the movie, and I think that that's kind of what he represents that's in cool. relationships is the gaslighting manipulator. I
1: also think, but I think also in the book, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, audience. I don't know if you remember, but I I think Ramona doesn't get back with Gideon. I think in the end, he's kind of like holding her captive against her will.
2: We don't really see them together. It's like she ha- she's like at the foot of his throne kind of right. thing.
1: But in this one, it's like, I mean, once we find out it's a microchip, it's like, Okay, that makes sense. But up till that point, she's like, I just can't help myself around him, and yeah. I that just bothered me. I'm like, yeah. uh, that's
0: dumb. That's fair. Like that's you
1: fair. know that he's abusive, and he's you know that he's well, whatever. But he's yeah. Jason
0: Schwartzman. That's perfect. I love yeah. Jason perfect Schwartzman. Casting. He's so he's funny. In this I movie. wish that he could be in more like, things.
1: Yeah,
2: he's so good. He's like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I've been feeling so bad for this, and he's like, oh, no hard feelings, <laughs> right? No hard feelings. Uh, he's have, you guys so seen, <laughs> have you guys seen Rushmore? Yeah, I
1: love Rushmore. Yeah, he's just like it's like as that's his breakout role and it's yep. like an acting showcase for so him. Good. I rewatched it recently yeah. and me I was too. Like, weirdly. So, yeah. Me too. Ah, what what? Oh, oh
2: my God.
0: Podcast!
1: Fun fact, I rewatched it recently because my baby is addicted to Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> oh wow. So like anytime that he's getting super upset and crying we nothing nothing West is Anderson. working we put
0: on Grand Budapest yeah. Hotel and he's like huh. Well it's so funny. So I've... you're trying to branch out you've seen Grand Budapest well, so many that, times yeah. now.
1: <laughs> so I've seen it like probably a hundred <laughs> times now so yeah. like now I was I was kind of like oh what other was he like Life Aquatic? He, probably he, would like he was doing aquatic, okay with Life Aquatic, but not then... Rushmore or not
2: uh, Royal Tenenbaums. Grand... I don't think he'll like. No, it. no, no, That's no. Too, no. Too... It
1: has to be this sort of like very, like very colorful. Yeah. The four three aspect ratio. Yeah. Like, yeah,
2: it's all. I, I had the note in my thing that this the Skull Pilgrim is kind of this the like Wes Anderson has Grand Budapest. I think the Scott Pilgrim is kind of Edgar Wright's, where mm. they they started it with a style and it, it evolved, but then they had like a movie where they go like so far past their style. But it's not ob- obnoxious. It's just like the source material. And to me, right. Scott Pilgrim is like Grand Budapest, where Grand
0: Budapest is like, it's yes. so I don't know if West there's Anderson. a name for this effect. But we've talked about it before, yeah. where it's like you make your breakout role. People are like, that's a little different. Then you make your second movie where like Pulp Fiction, we're like, that's awesome. And that's probably the mainstream one that people like the most. But then your third movie, it's like the most crystallized version of you. Yep, That's Kill Bill. Or Grand Budapest. And then after that, you're a caricature of yourself and that's like Hateful Eight (laughs) and and inglorious Bastards stuff. It's like two Tarantino-y or or two Wes Anderson-y.
1: What has Edgar Wright made since?
2: That's Baby
0: Driver. Baby Driver. (laughs) Um. Last night at Soho is coming out in the fall now. I'm excited about that. Which one? Last, Last night, night in Soho. Oh yeah,
2: we'll have to see.
0: Does that mean final night or previous night? I don't know. We're gonna find Maybe out. Maybe it's a time travel <laughs> movie. Oh, oh my I, Yeah, gosh. it's like more. It's
2: more surreal than I realized when I first saw it. I was like, oh, this was boring. But it, it's a I, Christopher I, Nolan <laughs> no. fast.
1: We were um. No. we were talking about the X's before, and I. I never I didn't get to say this but like I I also appreciate how they're all very different from each other mm-hmm. and I think any time a video game or uh or a story or anything can have all of these different characters kind of at the same tier but very very different. Yep. I I really appreciate that. However, I got to say that these exes are very are kind of confusing to me as <laughs> in terms of like what is what's your thing? What's your stick? Like I I do appreciate how they call out Matthew Patel. They're like what
2: is with your outfit? Like yeah. because when I pirate? first saw
1: him I'm like <laughs> What subculture
2: does this guy belong to? He's wearing, like, a striped shirt. Well, he's, like, a middle schooler. He's like dressed like a middle schooler. Like, That's what, supposed what the, to be what it is? I think, to me, that reads as what a middle schooler thinks is cool. He's just, like, an
0: emo. Yeah. Teen kid.
1: Well, he's emo, but he's wearing, like, bright c- clothes. I don't know. I was just very... Yeah. And he said, like, pirates are cool. I yeah. don't know. And then we no. got Lucas Lee. Okay? Chris Evans' character yeah. is confusing me. The also best. Because he seems... He's got the the... Horrible chin strap beard and the leather jacket and stuff. I'm like, okay, you seem like an A-list actor, but then they then he's like a skateboard bro, and that just felt weird. I'm like, that's not the, that's not a diff that's a different uh archetype.
2: No, I think it all plays together. Like he's like the ex skateboarder trying to go legit as an actor. I think it all it works. works. I want to go through the the ex-boyfriends in order of okay. how bad to good. And the worst, we agree. I hope. Katanyagi twins, worst fight. Sure. The like the song that's playing is kinda of cool when they, they do the battle of the bands against each other. It's yeah. kinda of cool. But they don't do very much. Matthew yeah. Patel, we've been through that. Roxy, <laughs> it's okay. It's a pretty good fight. I think I, the fight itself is pretty she, cool. It's, concep- it's
0: conceptually funny. Uh, good. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, exes. She's my yeah. favorite yeah. just in terms of like- It's a girl, it, cool. it's enjoyable to watch. Totally. I like I, the pre-fight, too, when, <laughs> uh, like, in the
2: snow. <laughs>
1: They're like, oh, I'd love to stay around, darling, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what's that from? My brain!
2: <laughs> my brain yeah. yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and I like I like when Ramon has to, like, Scott's like, I don't think I can hit a girl. And like R- Ramona has to like fight That's for him. Oh, that um, was good too. Yeah. I think hated I like that. that. I think it's funny. I thought that was so irritating. Yeah.
0: Cause I'm
1: like, what? what is this? I don't know. There's a couple points in this movie where I'm like, "Okay, what was it? made? 2010?" Yeah. yeah, there's a
0: couple of toxic things in there, this that I not, haven't aged well.
1: Not toxic, but like, there's we a couple things where I'm just bit. like, oh, "I don't think that would happen today." Like the thing, oh, I can't hit a girl. I'm like, okay, well, I yeah, don't know. today you can slap the shit out of a girl. <laughs> you can no, you what can are hit you talking anybody. About? Well, I don't know. It's particularly in a superhero movie where it's like everyone's got superpowers. They're all trying to literally kill each other. You can hit a girl, dude.
2: Like I don't know. It's, it's to make the fight different. Because if Scott had just straight up yeah. fisticuffed her, then it's like, we've already had him fisticuff people.
0: Fisticuffed. Fisticuff. Somebody else already hit a girl before this. The vegan guy.
2: But that's so atrocious when he does it. Yeah. You, you also, knocked the highlights out of her hair. He knocked yeah. the highlights out okay. of her hair. Tangent. That was awesome. <laughs> Tangent, but young Neil
1: is my favorite He's character. He's so funny. In this movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's my favorite character. What He's- do you play? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's kind, so of, it's a kind good of a quest. complicated <laughs> question <laughs> and like when they're on the Battle of the Bands he's like uh, he's leaning on the amp and just yeah. like playing with the patch yeah. cord he's just like uh, get, trying to sing along yeah. he gets the lyrics oh, wrong my. <laughs> oh that was funny yeah. <laughs> he punched yeah. the highlights yeah. out of her hair uh,
0: I love that it's so funny I love when he gets the lyrics wrong because that's ex- he did it the same way that people do it in real life yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, say, you start saying one word and then you say, um, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: What has he why has not he been more
0: stuff? Seen some stuff. Johnny
2: Simmons. Johnny Simmons. Yeah, Who, who's your next fight? Uh Gideon, the Gideon fight. I think that's a good fight. Uh mm. but it's also like yeah. I think it's just it carries a lot of it's the climax of the movie so it carries a lot of momentum from that, but I think that like a lot of the character stuff's just okay. I think yeah. the, the the sword fight goes on a little bit too long. I'm I was happy that it had weapons. Yeah, yeah it's right, fine. It it it's the, a
1: small nitpick, yeah. but I wish the Tenchman also had swords. Yeah, that's cuz it's kind of lame to have him just like Choo, choo. Slashing people, yeah. one hit, one hitting them into coins. I think it's hype the second when they time don't, when they're just coming at him with fists, yeah. and he got a sword. It's like obviously you're gonna win. It's, it's a video less game, badass. It's than a it video game. Be. It would
0: have been really crazy, eighty eight Kill Bill vibes if they had swords too. That's true,
2: or it's, any type of weapon. Yeah. But then maces, so, sure, yeah. But then we're into the two 10 out of ten fights. In my opinion, I think Todd is the second best fight. I think that fight mm. is so. That was my fun. favorite. I think it's so. Fun. He came
0: out as vegan. I thought that was so, so fun. funny. I think the visual is
2: so strong too. When he like kind of rises up and Yo. it becomes a silhouette with like the the beams, it's the, awesome. The
0: lens flares.
1: Yeah, I, I thought that was such a cool visual motif to use as like we're fighting now. Well, and and for Todd's visual oh, motif, yeah. it's like kind of lens flare, like the edges of yeah. a lens type thing, and I was. Like it's it's not just kind of like magical energy stuff. It's like a
0: it, it seems like a physical effect. Yeah, chromatic cool. aberration. Yeah, yeah, sure. We're just better than other people. I th- yeah, I think that whole. <laughs> I love how, how it ends. Better, how it gets intercepted by these like vegan police guys. Okay, <laughs> that, that was wacky. Hilarious. not
1: vegan. <laughs> that so that I think I laughed during that scene, but I, I was also kind of annoyed because I'm like, this is going a bit over the top even for Scott <laughs> yeah, Pilgrim, yeah. where it's like there's vegan police yeah. and they know when you have like when you've eaten half something half, not yeah. vegan yeah I, like this is an snl skit now
2: for all of sure yeah, it's yeah. funny i really like it and then
1: when they, they w- run five. away they high five yeah well
2: it's crazy that, like they got like big like moderately famous actors to play those roles because it's such <laughs> a throwaway role but it's like oh i recognize both those people yeah, who are they Jane. uh and the other guy I yeah I, uh, uh, I recognize him. yeah recognize i, I him. do recognize him but. yeah i think the best fight is the lucas lee one though i think it's so fun and conceptual like when uh, it's revealed that it's like, it's actually a stunt double that's fighting and then he has to fight all the stunt doubles. And even when, oh, he, that thro- was funny. when he throws him to Casa and he like falls down a bunch of times and it rolls into a shot of actual Michael Sarah. Yeah. Like, it all looks so good. And then he has to beat him by like goading him into skateboarding. It's so Yeah, stupid. but that's, that's the that's- lamest part of it though.
0: 100%. It's like not a real fight because of that. I, that's why I, I would say the vegan fight's funnier. It would
2: be
1: cool if no, he I- defeated him with some sort of skill. That he had acquired or some sort of but I like think, though each
2: fight kind of represents sort of an emotional growth that Scott has to do. Like he has to learn to like not be a cocky cock. Like he has to
1: But see, okay. To, like
2: throw away a little bit of pride to beat him and he has to like outsmart. I don't know. Okay, so so I'm being generous here for sure. I,
1: that is being generous because because I agree. So like the movie very clearly has a video game structure where there's all these mini bosses and then the big boss at the end, right? And normally I, so, I watched a video essay where this guy was likening it to Zelda, where you go and beat a dungeon and you get a certain weapon, you get a bow. All right. And then the next boss, you're going to need that bow to beat that boss. And then once you beat that boss, you get another tool that will, you know, be important for the next one. And so I was like, yes, that is how video games work. But this movie has the kind of like overarching structure there, but it doesn't have that key element that is also. Uh, needed for this, like, yeah. t- for understanding character You really could have
0: just jumbled up the fight. Yeah,
1: yeah, you could put them in any order and they would still make sense. That's fair. Um, and what that leaves us with is this situation I've talked about where you have this two minutes of character development at the end and that's when he learns the lesson and you could basically just jump from the first 20 minutes of the movie to the end and hardly anything would change. So I wish that there was a bit more of, like, He learns this one thing and he uses that to defeat this guy.
0: That sounds great, but also very difficult. It sounds really difficult to do that in a way in the time budget you have and to do it in a way that's like succinct and and especially to do it in a way that's a surprise. Because in this movie, the reveal that at the end, it's about his emotional growth is almost like a surprise. It's almost a twist, right? Mm. Because the whole time he thinks he's just like kicking ass and he's going to win the girl and he just has to get this these fights out of his way. But I then could, it's revealed that these fights are actually helping, like helping yeah, him. Yeah, that's fair. And he gets well, the self respect in the end.
1: So that's the thing. I guess I could see that argument where it's it's powerful because you don't realize what he has to do in order to 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 win. You don't realize that the real problem here is that he doesn't respect himself or that he doesn't understand himself. And so, and so it's it's a surprise when it comes out at, at the end. But. Um, so, so you can make an argument that these fights, you know, they have these little twists in, in them, and he does this little clever thing where he, like, spikes the drink with half, with half, with half and half, and that's how he wins. So I can see that, but I think it would be better if the way that he wins the fights has something to do with that journey as well.
2: I think that's fair, because, like, yeah. he outsmarts him, but it's like, is that outsmarting him, or is the outsmarting him symbolizing that he's grown and changed? Yeah. Probably because, not.
1: Because the, the, the end result is that I feel like the... The moral of the story is just kind of shoehorned in at the end instead of being like a central. I don't think
2: it's shoehorned in because I kind of agree with what James is saying, where like the more the the moral of the story is kind of the twist where it's like you think that you just have to fight harder. You think you just have to beat people and then you'll be a good partner. But it's like, no, like you have to grow. You have to do all these things. And that's that's the importance of it. And I think that like delaying that message, maybe it makes it less impactful or makes it less deep. But it kind of makes it, I think, more approachable for young people. Because mm. you're like, sick, fighting, fighting. Yeah, like, I got I to gotta win my next girlfriend. I got to, like, fight yeah. for her. Oh, no, actually, I have to do, like, self-discovery. I have to grow. I have to do that. And maybe that's what they were going for.
0: That's a good, I, well, I, I think, think that's a good point. I think it, it, it would have been possible to satisfy both of you. That's fair. But it just would have taken such subtlety that mm-hmm. it actually would have been really challenging.
1: I think that I think my conclusion on this uh, topic here is probably <laughs> the same as what I said before, where it because it's targeted at this particular group, it works. If it was targeted at older people, it would have to be more complex.
0: And they just focus on different things in this movie. Like you can, yeah. They put a lot of energy into the production design and yeah, the visuals, aesthetics.
2: Man, hit pick, It's the only axe kick in cinema that I think looks fucking sick. Yo, when he when uh, Ramona, Ramona axe kicks her down. Whatever that stunt performer did looks awesome. It she looks just like, flips down. I was like, this is awesome axe kick. I really I, like a good
0: axe. Like, yeah. And I'm not even joking. This is like a Riley-style joke. I really love a good axe kick, but axe <laughs> kicks are sick. Yeah, that was They're, a good one. That's interesting. i got to think
1: kick. about why that's a Riley joke. You, you, <laughs> well, you just really like, love say something a good super obvious. But yeah, it's yeah. Like, you are. Yeah. Um, i got to say, the fight choreography... Is so good in this so movie, so good, and particularly after watching Mortal Kombat, where like <laughs> yeah, the whole who idea. Who was it
0: in that episode? It was like, man, they should take some notes from the crew of Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I didn't. See that. one of you said that. Oh, probably. I, was thinking yeah. about I it.
1: made a comparison to Marvel, but I don't. Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah. After watching Mortal Kombat, a movie that is supposed to be about, about fighting, fighting, the whole point you're going to see the movie is because of the fights, and then coming away from it being like that was super lame. I don't. There was no fight moment where I was like, hell yeah. Watching this movie, there are numerous points where you're I was like, like hell yeah. yeah, like this axe kick moment. Totally. And I'm like, "What? what? It, just, it just highlights how horrible that movie was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> combat. Yeah I, think, yeah, I think they just start with the wrong starting point. So like, cool, we have this IP, okay? Hmm. And uh, uh, we're going to run with that. And we'll yeah. get a VFX. It'll look cool. And we'll do fan service. But right. th- what they need to do is go the other way where you're like, we have this guy who's really good at fighting. We have Tony Jaw. <laughs> yeah, we have yeah. the people who made the raid. Let's make a movie yeah. around their skills. Yes. And they yes. need to marry those two things. Yeah. It's uh. They had one of the guys from the raid.
1: Really wish ho- in Sub-sub-Zero. Mortal Kombat. Sub Zero was from the raid. Oh, nice. Yeah, hey, I really wish the, these Hollywood people would like start listening to people. us. <laughs> well, well, okay. What's a good example? Marvel? No. I don't know. For we, awesome action? We don't know because we don't
0: know what you're talking about time yet.
1: Time and time again, <laughs> when a Hollywood studio is like, all right, we're going to make a reboot of something, we're going to make a new entry in this franchise, let's hire people who are actually passionate about it and who like know what they're doing instead of hiring people who maybe did another movie that's completely unrelated and like we think they're a good filmmaker for other oh. reasons and let's get them on this one. And they screw it up because they're not an actual true. Well, it's hardcore they're fan. not trying to
2: find the people that are best for the job. They're trying to people that find the people that are gonna do within budget and do good enough right. job that they can sell the tickets. So yeah. what do you guys think of the director of Nomadland making Eternals? I'm super into that. I think that's great. I think like having uh, more artistic vision behind like Marvel movies is great. Like getting like auteurs to make movies, I'm it's, super into it's that. It's
1: slightly scary to me, but I have confidence in Marvel's uh, in, in like Kevin Feige's direction of the whole friggin' thing that they won't they won't let it be too horrible even, so. even if it would tend to be horrible like yeah. I, I don't think that it would be well, it, yeah I think Marvel's
2: done a decent job they have the track record of letting yeah. people like be James weird Gunn. and different and yeah. turning out to be awesome yeah. I, d- I think it's so fascinating because like obviously James Gunn hiring James Gunn for the gar- Guardians of the Galaxy movies was a huge success mm. uh, and then DC just took him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like yeah. we want like a movie well, like he got Guardians canceled. of the Galaxy he got cancelled yeah. for tweets yeah, but then he got hired back by Marvel. Yeah, he's doing Guardians of the Galaxy oh, right. three. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But yeah. that was after he did Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, sure.
2: Yeah. Which John Cena is walking around Vancouver, guys, in his outfit. I need <laughs> to find him. I need to see. at this moment. Not well, like a couple days ago, he was just like walking around in his peacemaker, peacekeeper outfit on the streets of Vancouver. Um, I actually know one of our one of our mutual friends. Their boyfriend's uh, his stuntman on their new movie. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm pretty jealous I'm actually very jealous
1: <laughs> um, okay last I mean one of my really my last points that I want to make is the the fact that they draw this like specific attention to the fact that Knives Chow is Chinese yes I was gonna yeah. say that and then yeah. she gets
0: to the door and she's like hi everyone I have an American accent I'm like what they said you were Chinese oh so they're, oh, they're that's other. that's not my problem <laughs> no, not, like, <laughs> this, this my is problem. my problem <laughs> because they're othering her but, like she's Chinese yeah, yeah. yeah. and then she's She's Chinese American, which is like Canadian or Chinese Canadian. Yeah, yeah. In this yeah. case. So the re- it's just like you othered her because it wasn't, it wasn't like it's just inte- unnecessary. It, yeah. You unnecessary. Yeah. It wasn't integral to the character. It wasn't yeah. like she's from China or she's like a, 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 like a homestay student or yeah. anything like that.
2: It's, it's a pretty common criticism of the comic book and the movie is that it's very white, even mm. though the author is, is half Asian or Asian. Oh, um, and Knives, in particular, is a, is a big criticism. Oh, well, then he has permission. She, she falls into Never all mind. the cho- tropes of the Chinese schoolgirl, and they right. don't do anything to differentiate her. Uh, and I think, like, Ellen Wong more than makes up for it with her performance. I think she's charismatic as fuck in this yeah, role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you... I love Knives by the end she's of this. She's a I'm great like, character. she's my favorite character this whole movie. Yeah. But, uh...
1: Lauren thought it was... Lauren thought it uh, was kind of bothered by the fact that, like, Anna Kendrick's character, Stacey, Scott's sister, yeah. calls him out or, or says specifically it's like oh you're dating a Chinese schoolgirl really yeah. with the uniform and everything and like that's cringy and I was like okay that didn't bother me as much because she's almost like making fun of him for the for, trope yeah. for like being a part of this trope where right. like white guys fetishize Chinese schoolgirls or whatever and so I'm like okay I, I get that but I can also see how it's like You are literally putting a Chinese schoolgirl character into this story and then calling attention to the fact that she's
2: Chinese. It's kind of weird. In the Um. comic book, she doesn't even fight her own fight. It's her dad that comes to fight. Yeah. I guess Scott upset her. Big oof.
1: Oh, and then later she shows up at the at the at the fight, and uh, Gideon is like, "Listen, Kung Pao Chicken." Ooh. I'm like, Ooh. "Whoa, okay." But it, it's
2: good because you're supposed to hate Gideon, and yeah. so like it helps define that. It
1: makes sort of sense, but at the yeah. same time, I'm like, "Oh." I I like when she arrives up and
2: she's like, "You think you're not really sure what her motivation is, but she's like there to beat up Ramona." She's like, yeah. "You stole Scott," and she's it's a like, badass. Yeah, I was like, "This is this is
0: good growth." So, what was yeah. your problem with her being called out as a Chinese girlfriend? That was different than my reason. Did you ever say that?
1: Oh, uh, I think it's pretty much the same.
0: Oh, okay. No, I... Well, you said no. When I started describing my reasons, you were like, no, this is different than mine. I don't remember this. Okay, well, whatever. Anyways. My, uh...
2: Another hit pick. One At the beginning, when they're all poor, all their amps say lame brand, and then when they're <laughs> successful, it says sweet brand.
1: Oh, that's funny. All oh, their amps? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Just <laughs> a random thing. Man, you really have to pay attention to the lower thirds in this movie. Yeah. Because some of them say... I, I I wrote down you gotta pay attention to the lower thirds, but I don't remember exactly why what made me say say that. But like there are things in there that are kind of like, oh, when they show up at the first gig at the at the at the place where they have the first gig, yeah. it's like it says the name of the place and then it's like this place is a total dump or whatever. Oh, it says, yeah, yeah. it says something about it in the yeah, yeah, lower yeah. third
2: and that's fun. Man, we would be so amiss if we didn't talk about the transitions in this movie. They're fucking oh, phenomenal. How
1: have we not told Yeah, about I don't know thing.
2: how we got this so far with we about about the and Yeah, I of... guess It's part of it. But I think there's so many good ones. Like, I love all the, like, the continuing the conversations just in a new place, but yeah. with a matching shot. Or, like, they'll like, cut the lights and then turn it back on in a new place. So, is Edgar Wright the editor? No, he doesn't an editor, but it's I'm sure does he work with the same info. person every time or something? I'm not hundred percent sure he's got
1: to like storyboard things like super his brother intensely. his
2: brother is a storyboard artist, right, and so I'm sure that that's part of that
1: it's got to be yeah I mean, what you're the director, you're kind of like overseeing all of this stuff yeah so I know, I but that, it's like
0: the editing is so integral to his yeah. movies that it's like he must be yeah, the principal I think, editor I think that yeah.
1: he, he they must have a meeting and they talk about the style. And so like the editor goes in knowing what the deal is. It's not like he's going to start cutting it to according to his style. And then Edgar Wright has to come in and correct it. It's like, I think they all kind of have this, this cohesive vision going in. Hopefully
2: I bet he has, uh, it's the same editor. He's got people he worked with. Yeah, he's, he's, he's worked with the same editor since for sure. ever. Man. <laughs> so like
1: there's space, there's kind of like two transition. Like there's all these like really artful, artful transitions. Like, um, there's one scene where they're in Scott's apartment and then you start Oh he's he's on the phone with Stacy and Stacy's it's a split screen Stacy's on the left side Oh yeah. and as the camera kind of moves away to the right Stacy's Stacy looks the direction that the camera's moving and it keeps moving uh, the the chair wipes the frame and then we're at the school and oh, yeah. before the ch- the chair wipes the frame we see like the brrr, the the letters BRs come in from the right side of the frame and then we come down and we realize the BRRRs are coming from the school bell <laughs> and it's all one motion yeah. and the the scene that we transition to is continuing the same dolly that was that the was started in the previous scene. So good. And so like there's stuff like that, which is just like, that's just art. That's just like film technique. Yeah. Uh, Craft. Yeah. Very and, good. And that's yeah. great. But then there's also these transitions that tell us something about Scott's character where he kind of wakes up like he's in he's in the middle of a conversation and the next line in the conversation the camera cuts to the other character that he's talking to but they're already in the next scene mm. and it's implied that Scott didn't really understand how they got there. Yeah. Huh.
2: I didn't uh, think about that but yeah, totally.
1: I, I, I love that because he's a sort of in this like state where he's just like in his own head yeah. and he's like depressed and doesn't really huh. know what's what's going on and I think that's very... I relate to that because I remember being in high school and just kind of being like, I'm in class, and then class is over, and then like I kind of like am in my own head, and then like I start paying attention again, and like I'm in a car or whatever.
0: Yep. So <laughs> I wonder if that dovetails. Well, this is a reach, but you know how he said he gains understanding, mm. but he doesn't in this movie. But that would make <laughs> sense. Well, he started. yeah. So he does. List. They don't say it, but I think he still call it self respect. Yeah. He's not even understanding anything that's going on around him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's just like moving through life as a as a instinctual sort of animal instead and
0: instead of uh you know embracing Purposeful the being. higher higher purpose. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't uh, passed the Gomja bar. Yeah, he needs to get <laughs> to the
1: frontal cortex. One of my hit
0: picks is that password scene the first time where he's like, "What what's the password?" And he's like, "Whatever." No, yeah, <laughs> what's, yeah, yeah, What's yeah. the second password? Ugh, that was awesome. <laughs> That's like, the password. <laughs> that was so awesome. <laughs> and then the
1: next time he comes in, he doesn't even bother. Like even though the passwords are, he knows the passwords. He just, doesn't, he doesn't he just kill
2: them? He something? kills them. Yeah. Straight up kills yeah. them. One, one of my hit picks is the amount of video game like Easter eggs they put in there. Like obviously all the Legend of Zelda stuff, all the music, all the beats, uh, all yeah. the sound effects. I think it's super fun, and they're so quiet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. I love. I think one of my favorite scenes is when he like walk, goes into the bathroom and he comes out, and it's like the hallway, and it's like yeah. the like whatever melody of uh, Legend of Zelda. Oh my god! Oh, I I love that song. Did much. you
1: see Edgar Wright tweet about that? No. So apparently. Yeah, I saw, the only reason I know this is because like, he tweeted somebody liked it or whatever on my feed. So he walks into the bathroom mm-hmm. and it's not a cut. It's all one shot. Oh, yeah. And it's because they made an elevator that goes between these two sets. So he, he walks in on the one. So cool. He closes the door. He pees. And then when he opens while he's in the bathroom, the elevator goes yeah. down and then he goes out and it's on the school so hallway cool. set. Yeah, That's awesome. It's all one shot.
2: Yeah. Apparently they worked really hard to have as few CG effects as possible. Yeah. And the, I think the CG... A lot of it hasn't aged well. Like the stuff that's like more showy is fine, but like the snow melting. Uh, I think the desert looks really bad. Uh Oh but yeah, it's a dream state, so Yeah, that, it's fine. fine. It doesn't bother me. Uh the smoke cloud that comes up in the desert bothered me though. Right. But I uh, got
0: a pee on her. Yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> funny. That was a funny joke. SL Ick. That's great too. S.L. Ick? <laughs> like, someone says these girls, I don't even remember what it was. But some girls like slick, S L Ick. Something like that. I just thought, that's great.
1: Hit pick. <laughs> We're just doing hit pick. Hit picks. Lucas Hi-pick.
0: Lee on the front and back of a newspaper. Yeah, yeah. They like introduce <laughs> him like, he's like this actor and then they turn it over and then he looks evil and it's like, oh, he's the ex-boyfriend. Like, that was just awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: Their, um, their first date when they're like walking around the playground and stuff. And I don't know. There's just a bunch of cuts that just like fade between different little vignettes during the date. and. The the fades always happen after one of like after Scott makes like a really lame joke. Yeah, I forget exactly what the jokes are, but I remember laughing because it's like it's just these little yeah. skits. It's just like a little, little SNL
0: skit, and then we move to the yeah. next one. This is the date. Yeah. Did I say that? <laughs> say that. Yeah. No. Bread the-
2: makes you fat. Yeah, that's a great joke. Great line.
0: I don't know if this is a hit pick. <laughs> They're walking down the street, and in the background, on a te- snowy telephone wire, you can see this little squirrel walking across the wire. Whoa. And I'm like. They didn't right. plant that squirrel. It's just a lucky take. Huh. <laughs> but they probably noticed it and used this take. Yeah. So I like it.
2: Huh, that's fun. I like
1: it. I'm in love. And it's like gas that comes out <laughs> and he waves it away. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good moment. Yeah.
2: That's
1: that's something where it's style, but it's not completely unnecessary. Yeah. Like the pee bar thing where he's peeing and there's a the, yeah, it, yeah. it shows it, it's it's kind of cool because it's like out of focus in the background. It's like, oh okay, fine, that's yeah. cool. But, like, why do we need that? We don't need that. It's just, like, a little thing to for fun. But the love thing is, like, okay, this illustrates that she is, like, trying to, like, glom for, onto yeah. him. And it's just, like, it's represented by this vapor. And he's just, like, ah, <laughs> no, no. no.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> that whole scene where he's, like, planning to break up with her and have a hard time watching. Oh, really? Yeah. And the do you guys know that every voice in this movie is Bill Hader? What? I saw him in the credits Like yeah, Bill it, He's credited the, as the, the voice Yeah the narrator He's oh, like the guy in the game Like Scott gained the power of love Yeah that's all Bill Hader Or like Long time ago In a mysterious land of Canada Or Toronto <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Hader Bill Hader is crazy oh, He can so do good. so many things with his voice He's so humble And his I face I love him And his face Yeah
1: <laughs> I love him That's cool because like Some of the announcers are like This deep gravelly guy And then there's like Scott gained the power of love Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I love it I just love this movie so much it's but a I, good
0: movie. Well, that's it, eh?
2: I think that's it. That's
1: you still it? think
0: it's a six?
2: Because that's kind of crazy.
0: No, nah, it's not crazy. That's pretty crazy.
2: Nah, it's a really good movie, James. Yeah, but <laughs> that's the lowest you've given of any Edgar Wright movies. That doesn't really make sense.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I, I think that's what. That's why it doesn't make sense to me because you've given like Hot Fuzz and like the other ones like you've given them like seven something. I might have just been tired.
0: All right, I might have just you, been you tired. started it late Sunday.
1: Yeah, you watched so. it at six a.m. Well, my
0: my kid goes to bed so late, man. Dude. And I oh, I refuse yeah. to start the movie when the baby's awake yeah. because I'm like I'm not gonna be in it. And then if she goes to bed at like ten twenty or something, oh. I'm like, ten twenty, I'm, like, I'm gonna be up till like freaking midnight. Oh dang! Dude. So, so then in this case, you gotta knock that kid out. I fell asleep, <laughs> and uh, I had yeah I woke up at like six the next morning, my normal wake up time, and I finished it. And maybe that's why I like the next half of it bore. I don't know. Yeah, you're. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. fair.
2: That's fair. Dang,
0: dude. All right. Well,
2: well, we did it. Next I'm week pleased. we're going to do
0: this other movie that I hope is good. Yeah, The Mitchells, Mitchell's versus the Machine. Versus the Machine. It's not a great title. Hard to remember. MVM. MVM. Did we already sit, talk about Marvel how we haven't done
1: Spider-Verse yet?
0: Just never
2: got around to it. No, it's that it didn't come out at the right time. We'll cover it, I'm sure, in the lead up to Spider-Verse 2. Right. We want to cover it, guys. You don't have to tell us to cover it. We will cover Spoiler it. It's not like Boondock Saints where we're like don't really want to do it. Boondock Saints. <laughs> Wait, what? It's such a Is we'll that a show? It. We'll talk It's a movie. You're talking, you're thinking about the the boondocks. I'm thinking about the boondocks. I like the boondocks. (laughs) Yeah, the boondocks (laughs) is whatever.
0: Hit us up on Twitter, at Carpal Critics. Hit us up via old school boomer email. (laughs) (laughs) Hello at carpalcritics.ca. Hello. 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 Uh, Goodbye.
1: I had a poster for Boondocks.
0: Oh,
2: you're that cool? (laughs) See you later. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make someone so mad that I don't...